Welcome to the Root and Remedy podcast, where we discuss all things women's health, hormones, fertility, and body confidence. I'm your host, Vanessa, a women's health nutritionist and the co-founder of Root and Remedy Wellness. You can find our membership as well as all other resources at rootandremedywellness.com. Today's episode is all about PMS. If you are a woman or a menstruator, then you probably have experienced PMS, probably do experience PMS at least one cycle in your life. You know what I'm talking about. But over 90% of us deal with regular PMS symptoms every single cycle that get in the way of us living our day-to-day lives. We either have to call in sick to work, cancel our plans, we're literally bedridden or on the couch all day. We need to take Tylenol or Advil or use a heating pad all day. Sometimes we need to just run a hot bath in the middle of the night and just cry our pain out. And it is just unbelievable the amount that we suffer and how much we're taught that it's completely normal. It is probably the most infuriating part, I think, of being a woman and being a menstruator is being told that painful, horrible periods are normal. You are literally telling half the population that two to three weeks out of their entire cycle, it's normal for them to feel like absolute trash. It's normal for them to be in physical pain and to not be able to function at their normal capacity. What is that? Who decided that for over half of our fertile years, we are supposed to feel like garbage? I don't understand where that's coming from and why that is the narrative. Well, I do know why it's the narrative because when we are undereducated, we are very malleable. We are more easily to manipulate. We don't ask as many questions. We don't stand up for ourselves. We're just taught to live with our pain, to not ask questions, to stay silent, and to just accept that that's the way it is. It's a very easy way for just the system in general to belittle and silence women. And honestly, I'm pretty over it. So let's talk about PMS. Let's talk about why so many of us are struggling. What are some of the main root causes of PMS? Like, where is this even coming from? And of course, within this, I'm going to give you some tangible steps and tips and tricks uh, in order to alleviate some of that PMS and help to balance out those hormones so you can have better periods every single cycle. So PMS, let's just talk about it from like a little bit of a, of a bird's eye view. So Just so you know, your PMS symptoms aren't necessarily just on your period. So your cycle is period to period. It's the entire duration of your period, your ovulation, each phase of your cycle. You've got four different phases. If you aren't acquainted with your cycle, go back to episode two, listen to meet your menstrual cycle. I promise you that'll just make everything easier. But your cycle isn't just your period. Your period is only the length that you're bleeding. So A lot of people will get PMS symptoms at different points in their cycle, not just on their period. It's most often to get it while you're bleeding, but a lot of us do experience different types of PMS symptoms the week to sometimes two weeks before your period, which is so bad. Like, come on, you're feeling like trash for two weeks and then you get your period feeling like trash for another week, then maybe you have a week of feeling normal and then you start that cycle over again. Like, what is that? So Before your period, some classic PMS symptoms are anxiety, moodiness, irritability, not being able to regulate your emotions or emotional instability. So you feel like you could cry at any point. You're going to snap at some point. You are getting frustrated with someone, especially your partner or your roommate or your friends, people you spend a lot of time with for no apparent reason. And you can see yourself realizing that it's 
irrational and that you're being a drama queen and you're being a biatch, but that doesn't mean that you can do anything about it. It's almost like you have someone watching your behavior inside your brain who's being like, girl, you're being crazy. Like cut that out. They're not doing anything. Like literally calm down. But physically and mentally and emotionally, you cannot stop feeling the way that you're feeling. That is hallmark PMS. So anxiety, moodiness, irritability, trouble sleeping, you cannot regulate your emotions or you're going to cry all the time. Social withdrawal is another really strong one, or basically you just want to be alone all the time and you cannot handle being with other people. Like they instantly drain you. You have no social battery or when you're around people, you're just grumpy. Like you're just in a bad mood constantly. You got your stank face on, you are not feeling good. All of those things are characteristically pre-period PMS, and they are usually brought on by something called low progesterone. So we have four main hormones that govern our cycle, and two of those main hormones are estrogen and progesterone. Virtually all of your PMS stems from an imbalance in these estrogen and progesterone hormones. So thankfully, literally all we have to do is rebalance out those hormones and your periods are gonna rock. You are literally gonna celebrate getting your cycle every single month, getting your period every single month because it means your body's doing what it needs to do and you don't hate your life and you don't hate everybody around you and it doesn't feel like your body's betraying you. So that is the place we wanna get to where we're celebrating and honoring our periods. We're not dreading them because they make us feel like absolute crap. So the week to two weeks before your period, progesterone hormone should be sky high. It should be the highest it is your entire cycle. So unlike our male counterparts or non-menstruators, we have a very dynamic hormonal rhythm that happens cycle to cycle. We've got these four beautiful hormones, high and low at different times throughout our cycle, making sure that everything goes off without a hitch, making sure that we ovulate on time, we get our period at a certain time, that our lining can build properly, that everything is maintained and sustained. And it's a really beautiful process, but it can easily go awry, especially when we are under stress, when we get sick, when we are constantly depleting our bodies of resources like nutrients, hydration, love, relationships, intimacy, all that kind of stuff. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But this low progesterone hormone is going to make you feel horrible the week, but sometimes even two weeks before your period, if we're talking really low, really bad progesterone. So what is normal? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Once we finish talking about the PMS symptoms that you want to be on the lookout for, so you, you can know, okay, yes, I identify with those. I either am pre-period or on my period or both. And okay, now I know the hormones that are going on and the hormones that are out of balance. So I know what to fix. Pre-period, you can also get a lot of bloating, acne, tender breasts, or like really tender nipples. Like if you, oh my God, I literally think of um, New Girl and I think of Schmidt. If you see New Girl, you'll know the episode where Schmidt eats all of um, Jessica Day's birth control pills because he's trying to break up Nick and Jessica. And when he's sitting on the couch, he's like wrapped in a blanket and he's like, oh my God, if someone were to blow on my nipples, I would positively scream. And (laughs) that's exactly what it feels like when you have a lot of pre-period PMS and specifically high estrogen. So I said progesterone should be really high before your period and that week to two weeks. And if it's not, that's where you get PMS before your period, but also your estrogen should be moderately low. And if your estrogen stays high when it should be low, this is when we're going to get acne, tender breasts. We're going to feel super constipated or super bloated. Sometimes you're going to get physical pain, like extra cramping right before your period. Um, All of those things are classic characteristics of low progesterone and or high estrogen. 
So the more physical ones that I was saying, like the breast tenderness, the cramping, the, the acne, the bloating, those are more estrogen. So you know your estrogen's too high. And then the more mental, emotional symptoms that I talked about earlier, the anxiety, irritability, moodiness, all that kind of stuff is more so your progesterone. So you can see how they kind of fit into different buckets. And we do not want you to fall into the camp of low progesterone, high estrogen, because that would mean that you not only feel like trash the week to two weeks before your period, but on your period is also really difficult. So now let's talk about what PMS looks like on the period. And that is usually a really painful, really heavy flow. So sometimes people start off with just like, one to two heavy days and then they move on to light days and their period's done in like four to five days. But a lot of people really struggle with a 10-day period or a seven-plus day period or multiple excessively heavy days where they're changing their diva cup like multiple times a day. They're losing like hundreds of milliliters of blood and that's way too much blood. Typically in a healthy period, you are losing about 40 to 80 milliliters of blood throughout the entire period. So Almost always a menstrual cup of regular size will hold like 25 or 30 mils of blood. So just take that into consideration. If you are dumping that cup multiple times a day, then you're already losing way, way, way too much blood. Like you should not have to fill that multiple times a day. Um, with tampons, your average tampon or pad holds about five milliliters of blood, but again, we don't actually know if that's true because I don't know if you've seen the recent studies where they basically expose that they have never really tested pads or tampons on actual blood. They've only been testing it on water and similar like water-like substances. And just like, oh my God, shake my head because that's ridiculous. Obviously blood is going to absorb way more differently than water. So I hesitate to say that a pad or a tampon holds five milliliters of blood because now is that even true? Like who actually knows if they're that absorbent or how much they hold? So I'd rather go off of a menstrual cup or a disc and it's great because your cups usually will measure like how much is in there and you'll see those little markings on the side of the cup. So look for those. Usually it'll be like 7.5 mils, 15, and then the full cup is 25, for example. But we want you losing about 40 to 80 milliliters of blood in your whole period. So a lot of people will have really heavy flows where they're losing maybe 80 milliliters of blood in a day, for example. So we know that that PMS and your painful periods are all related to hormonal imbalances. So heavy, painful periods, cramps, me meaning like you need to take Tylenol, Advil, some kind of painkiller or even something more extreme like naproxen, either every single day or multiple times a day or even just one day of your period, that's too much. You should not need a heating pad or any type of over-the-counter pain medication. If you do need those things and they're not just for comfort, like you're not just using a heating pad because you feel a little tender and you wanna feel warm, like you're using it because you need it and because it's painful, that's too much. That's not normal. And we should be able to balance out your hormones, get you down to a period where you do not experience that pain and if going through the process of balancing those hormones, you're not getting that reduction in pain a lot of the time, then you will be in the small subset of population where you're struggling with something like endometriosis or a deeper underlying condition. That's the reason why you are experiencing these painful, painful periods. But majority of people who do not have these underlying conditions, they're suffering and struggling. I don't want to say for no reason because that that's kind of making it a little bit too broad, but it's, it's needless. Like there are things that we can do to heal those cycles in like three to six months tops. And I'm telling you, 
like that may sound too good to be true, but I swear it's not. After working with literally hundreds of women, so many of them are like, I swear I've had these periods for my whole life. Like there's no way that they're going to feel any different. And then three cycles later, they're like, oh my God, I, I didn't even go for my Tylenol. What, what the heck? Like, how is this possible? How have I been told my whole life that this period was normal? And now I'm chilling. Now my period's like half the length, half the flow, and I don't want to die. And I don't need to call in sick to work every single cycle. So on the period, these more high estrogen, low progesterone symptoms would be that long period, that heavy, painful period. And then of course the cramping, you can also get low back pain. You can get leg pain. You can get headaches and migraines. All of these different things are related to your hormonal activity. And when you've got too much estrogen, your lining builds up really, really thick. So Let's talk about why these these hormones even cause this imbalance in or like these PMS symptoms in the first place. So because it's very interesting, your estrogen hormone, estrogen wears a lot of hats, same with progesterone, but we're going to start with estrogen first. And your, your body creates a bunch of different types of estrogen. So you've got a cyclical type of estrogen, and this is the one we're mo- mainly talking about here that is responsible for regulating your cycle. So estrogen builds the uterine lining. So think about that for a second. If your estrogen is really high, then of course your your lining is going to get too thick. It's going to get too heavy. Your period is going to get longer and heavier over time if that estrogen is too high and then keeps getting higher. Estrogen also proliferates your breast tissue. So that's why you would get tender, swollen, and bigger breasts the week to two weeks before your period if your body isn't detoxifying and eliminating your estrogen properly. We don't want low levels of estrogen. It's not like less is better because we want to find this Goldilocks zone with hormones. We don't want too little and we don't want too much. There's this optimal range that we want to sit at. And if we're falling above that threshold, which most people are, but low estrogen is still a thing. But if we're above that threshold, then that's where we're going to get a lot of the breast problems and a lot of the period problems. And then when it comes to progesterone, when progesterone's high, it is essentially our like good, happy, anti-PMS, chill hormone. It makes us feel very calm, cool, and collected. It makes us feel kind of like cozy. You maybe feel a little bit more introverted. You feel a little bit more private, a little more quiet. All of those are totally normal. Those are honestly great side effects of progesterone because they help you slow down. But when progesterone is too low, you won't really see high progesterone because there's only one structure in your body that makes progesterone, whereas estrogen gets made in a ton of different ways, like I talked about. And you can also get external estrogens from things like your personal care products, plastics, fragrance, all these things that we're going to talk about in a later episode when we talk about the essentials of living a non-toxic or very low toxic lifestyle, because things like your cookware, microwaving plastics, dousing yourself in fragrance every Every single day, those are all inundating your body with additional estrogen that's making your PMS worse and blocking your estrogen receptors. But we'll talk about that in a later podcast, so don't you worry. We already have a blog post and an article in our blog if you do want to learn more about um, some non-toxic swaps. If you're interested about the estrogen piece, then just go there for now and we'll release an episode on that later on. But back to the progesterone piece, only one structure in your body makes progesterone. It's called your corpus luteum. It's a structure that is left over after you ovulate. So your body, every single cycle, and again, I go over this in detail in the Meet Your Menstrual Cycle episode. So if you haven't listened to that, head there first because this is just going to be a very quick Coles notes, but essentially your body 
every single cycle selects about 15 to 20 eggs to start maturing for ovulation around ovulation right at the time when your body's like, okay, girl, we're ready to ovulate. Let's go. You release one egg into your fallopian tube. And then that follicle that's left over when it ruptures and releases that egg is what becomes the corpus luteum. And then that structure in your ovary is what creates progesterone for the remainder of your cycle. It's also what will continue to create progesterone. If you were to get pregnant, your body gets the signal to keep creating progesterone until about 10 to 12 weeks. And then the placenta takes over. So again, a little sidestep here, but this is why making sure that you're healing your PMS and you're having enough progesterone hormone, not low progesterone before you get pregnant, because the sad reality is that low progesterone is a leading cause of miscarriage. Because if your body cannot maintain that lining in the uterus, your body can't create enough progesterone on its own for the first 10 to 12 weeks, then unfortunately it may result in a miscarriage. So of course there are a lot of other reasons why your body may expel a pregnancy, but low progesterone being one leading cause. So this is another reason If you're working on your fertility, why you really want to get that under control and you really want to focus on balancing hormones first. So this low progesterone is often coming on because our bodies are very depleted. So I said when your progesterone levels are normal, you're feeling chill, introverted, quiet, you're very calm, you're very cool, collected, all of these amazing hormones and feelings are happening. But when it's low, you're now getting this anxiety, you're feeling scattered, you're feeling like at the drop of a hat, you're going to blow up at somebody. Like it's not a good feeling. And this low progesterone usually comes from a few things. Number one, stress. And stress can show up in a lot of different ways. It can be financial stress. You can have familial stress or relationship stress. You can be hating your job. That's a stressor. You can be working out too much, not eating enough. All of these things are different stressors. Also, don't even get me started on sleep. Not sleeping enough is a massive stressor to your brain and body and hormones. A lot of these different things are going to cause your progesterone to plummet. And in my practice, the number one reason I see low progesterone is stress. And especially when I work with women who are trying to get pregnant in the near future or women who are interested in optimizing their fertility for a pregnancy, maybe in a few years, we really need to work on regulating your nervous system. Because if you're under too much stress, your fertility really suffers. And so does your progesterone production. And then again, we're struggling to maintain a pregnancy and carry a healthy pregnancy to term. So we don't want you to just get pregnant. We want you to stay pregnant. And that is the role of progesterone, especially in that first trimester. So if progesterone is super low, you know you're feeling like trash the week to two weeks before your period. The lower it is, the more you're going to struggle. So maybe you just start off with having, okay, the week, the one to two days before my period, I'm a little anxious. I feel kind of depressed. I'm a little moody. I'm a little irritable. And then a few cycles go by and you notice now it's the three or four days. Now it's five or six. Now it's 10 days before my period. Now it basically lasts the whole two weeks before my period. Imbalanced hormones will continue to compound and get worse over time if you don't fix the root cause. And that's how they go from mild to moderate to extreme to completely unbearable. And then usually you get to the point where you're like, okay, I need help. What the hell is going on? I've never had periods like this. Or sometimes you have a predisposition to have imbalanced hormones. For example, you have certain um, 
differentiators and mutations in your liver function and you don't detoxify as well. So that would leave you more vulnerable vulnerable to having higher estrogen levels, for example. Or you are naturally a very stressed out type A anxious person. So that can cause you to deplete your progesterone more than someone who's a little bit more chill, go with the flow, they don't really care as much. They're not usually like that anxious personality. So we want to consider a lot of these things, especially if you've had painful or PMS ridden periods your whole life. So now that you know where PMS stems from, that it's these imbalance in these two main hormones, but remember that hormones never become imbalanced for no reason because your body is always trying to work with you, not against you. There's always a root cause or multiple that is imbalancing those hormones. You're not just born with imbalanced hormones. There's always some causes and then it's our job or your job to get to the root of those imbalanced hormones. Maybe it's stress, nutrient deficiencies, gut health, detoxification. You're using too much external estrogens, whatever it is. And then you're going to alleviate those stressors, alleviate those triggers and rebalance out that system. Usually it's a few root causes, but even a lot of people that are already taking care of their bodies, a lot of the time it's the stress piece that really does just destroy the hormones over time. And it's a much more insidious burn because sometimes it's hard to tell if you're stressed or if you're just like, oh, I'm an anxious person. Like this is just the way I live my life. No, we need to make sure we're calming that nervous system or else you're going to end up with imbalanced hormones at some point down the road if you're not already struggling with them. So rebalancing out that system, what does that look like? And the reason why so many of us are struggling with PMS is because a lot of us are stressed. A lot of us are under eating. We're over exercising. We are not getting seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep. We're skipping breakfast. We're having coffee all day. We're in toxic relationships. We're struggling financially because the world's freaking expensive these days. We also just went through a pandemic. Like that is also stressful on all of us. And you better believe if your cycle was spotty and freaky throughout the pandemic, that is the exact thing that we're talking about. That is your nervous system at work. So not only did, of course, like the vaccine have an impact on that, and now we know that for sure, but even just you getting sick or you being scared of the world and the state of things, that's also going to have a really strong impact on your cycle and on your fertility, depending on how your body's metabolizing that stress. And if you're not doing a good job of managing and handling that stress, because some of us are better metabolizers than others, and you really need to see where you fall on that spectrum. So these things are the main triggers and now you can start to see, oh wow, okay, maybe I'm someone who does not get enough sleep. Maybe I'm someone who definitely doesn't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. I am vegan or vegetarian, so I'm missing all these animal foods and fish and dairy and eggs, all these really nourishing foods that are really important for balancing your hormones, for example. Or you're someone who works out too much or never exercises. You're in a relationship that's causing you a lot of stress or you've got a lot of conflict in your family. That's a huge one. A lot of our stressors day to day are unavoidable and that's okay. You're never going to live a stress-free lifestyle or just a life in general, that's not plausible. And I don't want you searching or reaching for a stress-free life. That would be pretty miserable and boring to be honest, but it's about the way you're navigating your stressors and the way you're handling your stressors when they do come up, because that is what's going to make or break you. Do you have these tools like breath work, meditation, a support system of friends? Can you go on nice long walks? Can you spend time in nature? Can you get enough sleep? All of these things that help you metabolize and manage that stress so that your body isn't harboring a ton of emotion. And one classic sign that you are overstressed, or actually we'll say kind of like four top signs. Number one, you're irritable 
or you're angry. So you snap easily. You've got a lot of irritability or you find you're often like, oh, you just feel a lot of tension and a lot of anger. Number two, you get headaches or migraines. Those are two classic signs of being way, way, way too high stress and you don't even realize it. Number three is digestive issues. So if you are dealing with constipation, diarrhea, stomach pain, bloating, fatigue after meals, anything like that, all of those are related back to your stress response. And we want to make sure that we are remedying your gut health and your digestion because if your stress is making that system worse, then over time you're going to struggle by not being able to absorb nutrients from your food. You won't be able to poop properly, detoxify, get rid of your excess hormones, all of these things. Your body is one system. Like we don't want to think about all of these different areas as separate. We want to think of them as all interconnected because they all rely on each other for different things, right? So your gut health is directly related to your nutrition, to your stress, to your sleep quality, to your relationships. Like they are all interconnected because your body like literally does function as one mass system, but it does have just different areas within that system. So the good news is that when you start to focus on balancing out your hormones to reduce your PMS, you're going to be benefiting all of those symptoms at once because a healthy body is a balanced body. A healthy body is a fertile body. It's a, it's an energetic body. It is all of the amazing things that you want to feel. You will start to work on and chip away at and start to notice progress in when you are focusing on balancing hormones from the inside out and regulating your cycle because we really are just trying to make you a more healthy, resilient, happy human being because that's what's going to give you the best cycles and the best hormonal profiles. So now you know where PMS comes from, why so many of us are struggling because a lot of us are doing the things that cause imbalanced hormones, whether we realize it or not. And now you see the top signs that you are under stress. Those are really important for you to think and ask yourself, okay, is that me? Do I have any of these PMS symptoms? Do I have any of these classic signs of stress? Do I just feel like a general anxious person? Because these are all questions we want to answer so that we know how to move forward. And we know what your stressor is because it might not be stress. Your trigger may not be stress. It could be digestion. It could be nutrients. It could be exercise. It could be something else. But a lot of the time, stress is going to be woven in there because our lives are just stressful and there's really no way around it. But we do want to start managing it. So let's talk about a few things that you can do to have way better and healthier periods. So number one, before we jump in any type of supplementation, any type of like extra crazy routine, are you eating enough food? Are you getting nutrients from your food? Are you signaling to your body that your body is safe, that there is enough nourishment and nutrients to go around? If you are under eating, and by under eating, I mean you're not having three full big mama meals with a good protein source like meat or fish or eggs or something like that, vegetables, healthy fats, and carbs every single day. So you're either skipping lunch, skipping breakfast, skipping dinner, or you're just kind of snacking throughout the day. You're not having like full meals, or you get too stressed or too busy during the day, so you skip them all together. Whatever it is, if you are not having at least three full meals per day, you are under eating. I cannot say that enough. So the easiest step forward is to make sure you're having a full breakfast, like three eggs or some sausage, some veggies or some fruit. I love to have like a bagel with cream cheese and an omelet. Like that's my vibe. If you've listened to the podcast, you, you've probably heard me mention that like every single day. That is a full breakfast. I'm not talking about like a little itty bitty 
pineapple and water and collagen smoothie. Like you need to make sure that you are actually having enough food or a piece of toast with peanut butter. Like that is not enough food for a grown woman's body. So please do yourself a favor, start eating a full breakfast. You may have to work up to it, but start with something like a protein rich nutrient dense breakfast, like a Greek yogurt bowl, then move your way into eggs. You can try like a turkey sandwich or something like that, but just try to get protein, fat and carbohydrates at every single meal. So that is step number one. If you're not eating three full square meals a day, make sure you get on that. Number two is you're hydrated and you're having enough minerals. So minerals, we call them the spark plugs of life. Every single hormone and every single organ in your body depends on different minerals. So things like your thyroid, your estrogen, your progesterone, your follicle stimulating hormone, your cortisol, your melatonin, all of these amazing hormones depend on different minerals to get the job done and to function properly. So if we are deficient in minerals and of course, you get minerals through your food as well. So for under eating food, we're going to automatically be deficient in minerals and we want to fix that. But we also want to get it through something called an adrenal cocktail. Again, if you follow me on Instagram for a while or you listen to the podcast, you know we're all about the adrenal cocktails. I will link it in the show notes below how to make one. But we want to make sure we're mineralizing that water. So three full meals a day, making sure you have a full breakfast within that first hour of waking full lunch, full dinner. You're eating roughly every four to six hours. So we're not going too little in between meals, but we're not also not going too long. Again, we're finding that Goldilocks zone and then you're having enough mineral rich water. So a good rule of thumb is roughly your body weight in ounces divided by, or your body weight in pounds divided by two is the ounces you need as a baseline. So for example, if you're 140 pounds, divide that by two, that's 70 ounces of water that you need in a day as a baseline. If you're active, if you are working on your body, if you're doing anything else throughout the day, then add more. My typical recommendation for most adult women is three liters or about 96 ounces of water every single day. Like making sure you're getting those three liters would be amazing. We try to do one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the like later afternoon, early evening, but not too much water right before bed, or you're going to interrupt your sleep. So start with enough food, make sure you're hydrating, make yourself an adrenal cocktail every day. You can thank me later. They're so good and they're so much fun. And then number three, we want to be supporting your detoxification pathways. So this is actually where a little bit of supplementation is really good. And I love using some herbal medicine in this step, but I have to make sure that we point out this caveat. If you are not pooping every single day, don't you dare start supporting your liver because now you're going to mobilize all these toxins. You're going to help support detoxification, and then you're going to give your body no way to eliminate it. So before you move on to this step, make sure that you are pooping every day. If you're not, you need to eat more food. You can start drinking a little bit more water. You may be constipated or just under eating. You can also be under a lot of stress. That could be why you're constipated. So you may need to work on that first. My secret weapons when it comes to constipation or like not pooping enough is a chia seed pudding. I will put that in the show notes as well. And a bean salad. I will also put that in the show notes. Those are my two things. If I'm ever constipated, from like traveling or a stressful time or whatever, then I will add those into my daily routine. And I find that it helps so, so, so much. So make yourself a chia pudding, have some beans, have some kind of fiber rich foods just to help bulk up that bowel movement. But first and foremost, we need to make sure you're just eating enough food in general or else you will be constipated. And we need to make sure you're hydrated or else you ain't gonna poop, girl. It's gonna be little rabbit pellets every day. And we cannot support the liver and detoxify when you're not pooping. But assuming you're having a good bowel movement every single day, then let's move on to step three. This is to support your liver with herbal medicine. So one of my favorite formulations is liver juice.
juice by Organic Olivia. I'll put that in the show notes below. It's so good. I use it with every single one of my clients. I mean, most of the time, not every single one because it's got to be individual, but usually we will bring in some kind of liver support. And when we do, it's almost always the tincture of liver juice. If you cannot do a tincture, and you hate the taste, I will give a capsule option below as well. But I would say number one would be the liver juice Morganic Olivia. You take two milliliters or like two dropper full, two droppers full on an empty stomach twice a day, for example, morning and night. And it's so good. I typically will have a client use that for three cycles and we'll notice, okay, yeah, we're starting to mobilize those toxins from the liver. Her PMS is starting to decrease as long as we are pairing it with eating enough food, having enough hydration, moving enough. And that is number four. So if you're not already strength training and walking, we got to get you on that. Those are the two main forms of movement that I'd want you to focus on if you're trying to heal your PMS. We want to lift heavy weights, build muscle, build strength, because that helps to balance out your estrogen and progesterone and testosterone ratios. And we want you to walk during the day. We don't want you to focus on doing these like crazy high intensity cardio, like circuit-based training workouts, because that can be really hard on your body. We want to focus more so on calming exercises like walking. You can do some yoga, some lighter Pilates if you want, something a little bit less intense, and then really show up in the gym one to three times a week doing some full body strength training. And not only will you watch your body transform and feel so much stronger, leaner, tighter, you're going to feel so good, but you're also going to notice you have a healthier hormonal balance and therefore healthier cycles. So eating enough food, staying hydrated. Now you know that that looks like adrenal cocktails, minerals, drinking enough water. And then we're going to make sure that we're pooping every single day so we can move on to some detoxification support. And if you're going to do that as well, then we want to make sure that we're walking every day to get that nervous system regulation. Remember, morning walks are the bread and butter. Please, if you can get on a little morning walk, even five minutes within that first hour of waking, your body will thank you and your hormones will thank you. You'll, you'll sleep deeper at night. You're going to have more energy throughout the day. All of that is so helpful. But trying to get on little walks throughout the day, I find is really great, especially if you don't feel like you can find 30 to 40 minutes in your day somewhere to go on a big walk. Just go on a couple five-minute walks or a couple 10-minute walks. Any type of movement is better than nothing. So do not tell yourself that unless you have an hour or 30 minutes, it's not worth it. It is. Like literally five minutes is better than no minutes. So just make sure that if you aren't already, you're breaking up your day with a little bit of movement. And then if you can get to the gym or do some kind of strength training workouts at home, even that's great, one to three times a week. And then the final tip that I will give you is making sure you're getting enough quality sleep. So if we're not sleeping seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep per night, your body, your PMS, and your hormones are gonna struggle. So we wanna make sure that you're getting that rest because that's when your hormones balance. This is when we are in our rest and digest nervous system. So we can't detoxify properly. We cannot poop properly. We cannot balance hormones, have enough energy, regulate our cycles. If we're underslept, that is literally your first line of defense against any type of stress. And all of these things are actually working together to lessen your overall stress load. And that's also why we love them because if your stress is really high and you're doing all these things, you're like, not getting enough sleep, you're not moving your body, you're not eating enough, you're not drinking enough water, all of that is just gonna add to your stress and it's gonna be impossible for you to regulate your stress response. You need to make sure that you're doing these things like getting enough rest, like eating enough food because it's signaling to the body that you're safe. 
It's signaling that we have enough to go around, that there's nothing to stress about, that you can ovulate, you can balance those hormones. This would be a great time to get pregnant. Even if you don't want to get pregnant, your body's always assessing if it's a good time to get pregnant. So we want to give the signal that it is. And then when you ovulate, you just want to make sure no sperm is present. That's really all we're trying to do. But at all times, we want to be signaling to the body that it's safe, it's relaxed, everything is calm, and we're giving the signal that our internal or external environment is nothing to worry about because your PMS will go through the roof your cycles are going to be whack if you are under too much stress because now your body is thinking, uh-uh, it's not a good time to ovulate. It's not a good time to get pregnant. This girl's already so stressed. We are not going to add anything else on top of her life. And we do not want to waste any ovulations. We want to make sure we keep them. We don't want to waste any eggs. We want to keep them until she is calm enough and relaxed enough and safe enough. So that is really all your body is asking. So if you are having a lot of PMS, we want to look at why are the estrogen and progesterone ratios imbalanced? How are you signaling to your body that it is unsafe to have a baby or unsafe to ovulate? That's a good question to ask yourself because you can answer that by saying, oh yeah, I'm always fighting with my partner. That would tell my body it's not safe. I'm under eating. That would tell my body it's not safe. I am incredibly stressed financially. I'm moving across the country. Like all of these different things are gonna tell your body we are too stressed. Like this is not a safe environment to get pregnant right now. So asking that question and then taking these small steps, like the five things I outlined, to move forward in order to balance those hormones and lessen that stress load is going to be an absolute game changer. So now you know why are we struggling so much as a society, as a population when it comes to PMS? What does it even mean? What are the PMS symptoms you should look out for? What is normal versus not normal? Because it is not normal to be anxious, moody, irritable, have trouble sleeping. Any of your symptoms should not be more than a one to three on a scale of one to 10. Like that is not normal. Don't let anybody tell you that it is, especially your pain. Your pain should not be more than a one to three on a scale of one to 10. No Advil, no Tylenol, no heating pads. You shouldn't need anything like that. And if you do, we got a problem and we got some hormones to balance. We've got some things to fix. And if you are someone who is actively struggling with the symptoms, the PMS that we were talking about earlier in this episode, and you can identify with some of the things that I was outlining, especially with the steps to take and the symptoms you're experiencing, then I've linked our PMS solutions free guide in the show notes below this episode. So you can just click on that. You can get it directly to your email. It's a free guide, free resource for you to use, and it'll give you a lot more tangible steps and solutions to be regulating that stress response and regulating those hormones. And then I've also linked our sneaky stress guide and again it's another free guide that will give you an outline of the top stress causing habits that you may be doing whether it's conscious or subconscious and you may not even realize you're doing it and then it'll give you ones to swap them with that are going to be supporting your body and your stress response your hormones fertility etc so i've got a ton of free resources linked in the show notes below this episode so that you can start to have the resources you need to have your best most painless most pms free cycles ever Thank you so much for listening to the Root and Remedy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like our information and find this helpful, then it would mean the world to us if you would leave a five-star rating and review and follow or subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast. It really helps to get the show out to more people. It shows us the most support and it also allows us to get even better guests so we can bring you the best content possible. And of course, if you want to dive more into our membership, you can use the code podcast for 20% off your first month. Okay. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening.